Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing the BBC series of Emma by John Thomas Davies. It was featured in Masterpiece Theatre about not quite a while ago now. Um, the reason I'm featuring this is this is, I love Jane Austen. I really haven't done any podcasts on Jane Austen movies that I have, but I really like Jane Austen. Um, as some of you know from our works, um, I have done many Austen graphic novel spin-offs, which you can check out on Amazon.com under Anna Carr. Um, an extensive collection based off of spin-offs of Pride and Prejudice set in the 1940s featuring the North Platte Canteen. Um, just as a for instance, I've done Stand By Your Man, which is a spin-off of Emma set in modern day dealing with arranged marriage in India versus modern ideas in America and how that looks like. Um, I've also done um, Becca and the Sneaky Violinist, which is kind of a little nod to Northanger Abbey, just saying. So, done a lot of different ones that you might want to check out on Amazon. Again, they're graphic novels. They're mainly like basically really, really um, well-illustrated picture books for adults. I mean, I don't mean I took my novellas and then I transferred them into the graphic novel format, but it's not like a manga and it's not like a comic book. The photo qualities are really high-quality um, pictures that have been edited and look like really cool paintings. I'm just saying. So if you want to check that out, it's under Anika on Amazon. All my books are there. There's also journals that go with them that are aligned. You can put your own thoughts down. Just saying. Not trying to give a plug, but there's a plug. So, but moving on to Emma. This is, I think, my favorite Emma. And the reason is, is even though I had a terrible time when this, when this came out, when I was in late high school, I mean, I was mad when this came out because the guy who plays Mr. Knightley was way shorter than Emma. Okay. And I'm sorry, but I think that when you have a show, the lead guy character should be a little bit taller than the woman. I don't know. It's just a height thing for me. And I actually made a cake where the Emma was taller than him. And, you know, like in the Lord Farquaad in the Shrek when she pokes the guy down into the cake. Okay, I did that. It wasn't very nice. And it's nothing against Johnny Lee Miller. I think he's a brilliant actor. Nothing against him. I'm just saying the height proportion just seemed wrong. Okay, so with that being said. However... The main reason that I like this one the best is because, number one, in my opinion, it shows Emma in her raw craziness. I mean, when you think about it, Emma in the story is 21 years old. And she's not like a normal 21 years old because she's been kind of pampered and, you know, she's never really had anything come that really has bugged her too much. Very little to distress her. I mean, aside from the fact that she lost her mother, which is a huge aside. Okay, no offense here, but just saying. So, it follows the story of Emma Woodhouse as she basically thinks she runs the town. And in a way, she's kind of right. But the thing I liked about this Emma is she's so naive and she's so ridiculous in her pride and pomposity. I mean, it is so funny to watch. And her her way of speaking and her way of moving her hand and her gesticulations are so what I think Jane Austen was going for when she wrote Emma. Now, the one thing I did not like about this Emma is Ramallah Jarai is a brilliant actress. I mean, I haven't seen her in anything that she doesn't do brilliantly. But for some reason, whoever 
directed her character thought that she should walk around kind of like a farmhand. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be bad here. No offense to farmhands, but she walks around just kind of thunk thunk thunk. And as someone who does walk with quite a heavy step, I get that. But Emma would not have walked around thunk thunk thunk. I'm just saying it would not have happened. But I still like her character better because she seems more naive than like. The Gwyneth Paltrow Emma doesn't seem as real to me, doesn't seem as relevant. And I think it's because, um, even though I really do like Gwyneth Paltrow as an actress in the Emma that she did with Alan Cumming um, and Ewan McGregor, it didn't seem to have the same reality. To me, that Emma is really, truly more of a period piece. I mean, they're both period pieces, I get it. They're both set in the 1700s, early 1800s, during the Regency era. But, and the Georgian era, I don't know, one of the, anyway, those kind of mold together for me, so anyway. But the point is, is that Emma seems much more like veneered, much more made to look good, whereas the Emma that has Ramola Jirai and Johnny Lee Miller is kind of much more of a, even though it's a period one, it's like, it's a lot more honest about things. It's like, it's just, everyone is just there in their raw, you know, uncultured craziness. The other thing is, even though Johnny Lee Miller was way shorter than the Emma in this one, okay, no offense, but um, even though that was a big problem for me, I do like his character way better than like the um, character in the Gwyneth Paltrow version who played that um, actor. Um, the main reason being is it, it's funny to watch him and Emma bicker. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean it would be... You're sitting there going, this is so kind of them. I mean, I don't mean where it's like there's this one scene where she thinks she's so right and he comes in and he goes, you, 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 and you can see he's just, you know, trying to say what he's thinking and he really can't because there are no words for Emma's behavior. And, you know, you're sitting there going, it's so funny to watch these two who have, he's literally known her since he was 15 years old and she was born and he's watched her grow up and he's going, you're still being the stupid idiot you've always been. And it's so funny to watch them bicker and fuss and, you know, few. And at the end of the day, still care about one another. And also, there's a scene where he is sitting there looking over his palatial grounds as he opens his doors. And I love that scene because it's like he's sitting there going, I am me and I am here. And in this moment, everything is really good. And this is part of my destiny. And you're going... It's kind of acute, but it's also kind of like there are times in your life when you know you're at the right place at the right time for the re right reason, like that song by Henry that's in the Korean drama while you were sleeping. I'm not talking about romantic inclination. I'm just saying you have these deja vu moments that are really good moments, and you're going, you know, this is one of those moments when I realize that this is part of what I'm here for. I mean, for some people, it's when they meet the person they end up with. For other people... You know, most people I'm going, they don't know when they meet the person they end up with. It's just, you know, it, it develops over time. But for some people, it's when they, you know, hold their kid for the first time and go, wow, I'm here in this moment. And this moment is really cool and cool in a way that deja vu wasn't even meant to be cool. So, you know, I think those moments are really encapsulated in that scene when Mr. Knightley opens the doors of his estate and he's looking out on his grounds and he's going, you know, I'm here and right now I am present. And I think that that's a really cool thing. The other thing that is really cute in this show is Johnny Lee Miller's character, I think, portrays the difficulty of expressing emotion that Mr. Knightley had. There's a scene where he's 
um, playing with his um, nieces and nephews. And I love how he interacts with kids because I think a lot of adults quit being a kid and quit being able to relate to kids. And that's when we miss out. It's like the one thing I'm going is, you know, you know, I'm in my quarter life, you know, I'm not going to say my age because, you know, all women are 35 according to Oscar Wilde and they have remained 35 for years. If you've seen the Oscar Wilde play, Importance of Being Earnest, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyway, you know, it's not that, you know, for me, I'm going to, I'm actually in the adoption process right now to adopt some kids. And I've known since I was in late high school, I'm going to adopt kids. And, you know, it's not because I have anything against, I'm not married. I mean, you know, I'm a single one. And it's because I think kids add so much to life. I mean, most people I talk to are like, kids, kids, kids. I'm going, do you realize how cool it is that you have kids? I mean, kids, in my opinion, I love working with kids. I love being around kids. Um, You know, Bob is a lot younger than me. And it's really cool to see how they think about things, how they process, how having that person who's a lot younger than you in your life really helps you keep your mind elastic and be a weird adult. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you should really check out, um, it has a terrible name, but the book to read when you first fall in love, that Japanese drama series, it's available on the Japanese drama app, but you should really check that because being a weird adult, it's about, um, this is a digression, but it's about a woman who meets this kid named Yuri Yuri, who is one of her students. She actually ends up marrying Yuri Yuri, but long story short. But the thing is, is the reason that she ends up with Yuri Yuri is because he helps her see how she really is a weird adult because she doesn't think like most, like most people I know that are in there, I'm saying, you know, I'm not giving my age, but I'm just saying most people that are past their 20s, it's like they quit being curious about life. And I think part of that is because they're around other people who are no longer in their 20s and they aren't curious about life. And they also get stuck in a rut with either their relationships and they don't want to, you know, consider that, you know, life continues and it doesn't necessarily stay the same. And you know, they have kids, but I don't think they really appreciate the kids a lot of the time. I mean, some of them do. I've met some awesome moms and dads, and those moms and dads, you know, super cool. But the other thing I think about the awesome moms and dads is they sit there and they go, you know, kids are awesome, and kids are cool, and, you know, having that ability, having that gift is really, really cool. And I think the thing I like about this Mr. Knightley and Emma in the show is they love being around their nieces and nephews. It's like a really cool thing to watch. And there's this hilarious scene at the end where he goes to visit his brother and his um, brother married Emma's sister. So they're really close and they've been close for years. And so they're basically all like, you know, one big family because of the intermarriage of the brother and the sister. And um, he's sitting there, he goes, um, Emma's sister looks at him and goes, George, you aren't okay. You didn't want to go with the boys when they wanted to go get frogs. And and Mr. Knightley's brother is looking at him going, and that means he's having an existential crisis, doesn't it? <laughs> They're going, yeah. And so there's that hilarious scene. And then there's this scene where, um, I'm sorry, that was a big digression. But I'm just saying, kids are really cool. Um, you know, that's one thing I'm going, in my life, I'm like, ever since I was 18, I'm like, 
you don't need to have kids in your life because kids are cool. The other thing is, is I'm going, the world is so full of people that need to know, you know, that they belong and have a place. And to be able to do that for another person is really cool. I mean, even if, you know, I hate the name mom and, you know, the mothering thing. And I'm, I've never really been that kind of person. I'm more of like a den mom. It's like DM or demon, which if you're into Japanese manga, the demons are really cool. I mean, not trying to be weird here. And I know we're in, most of the people listening are in America and they think demons and they associate that with hell and brimstone. But if you're into Asian manga, some of the demons that are in the stories, they're not like demons like from here. They're like these really cool creatures that help people out. And, you know, I'm going, did mom, demon, kind of cool. But anyway, it's like you have the opportunity to impact somebody for the better. And I think to not do that and to also have the opportunity to grow yourself. Because I'm going, you know, we live in a very self-absorbed society. And it's usually all about you, you, you. And I'm going, most of life is not really about you, you, you. Most of life is about others, others, others. Now, I think the problem for some of us is we do things for others, 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 and then we forget about ourselves, 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 and you really have to have a balance there. And, you know, that's a process of finding that balance. But I think the thing for me is, you know, family is a weird thing, and, you know, in modern society, it's gotten a lot different, and it's morphed, and it's like, you know, having three kids and not being married is still very acceptable in today's tonight. Now, it's not as acceptable as it will be in 50 years, but it's very cool. And so, you know, I'm going, having the ability to be able to have kids, to adopt or to have them yourself or whatever, or, you know, as your life progresses, it's not really something that's like, you know, a checklist of duty. It's more of like, what an opportunity to have a really cool thing happen in your life and a really cool thing happen in somebody else's life and you know I think that's kind of the way life is it's like in my opinion you know that's what life's about it's about how do you you know not only keep yourself healthy but how do you help others and how do you bring you know the care and the love and that all together and I think the thing I like about this Emma is it's not just about Emma and Mr. Knightley. I mean, I'm not trying to be bad here. I'm just saying it's also about, you know, the process of Emma and Mr. Knightley and Emma's sister and Emma's brother, or um, Mr. Knightley's brother and Emma's dad, who is like this super hypochondriac who is constantly worried about everything. And there is this hilarious scene when Emma and Mr. Knightley do decide to get married she comes bawling into his house saying, we can never get married. And he goes, I think I know where you're going with this. It's about your dad. Because her dad is super freaked out about her leaving. And so Mr. Knightley actually uproots his entire house and goes and lives with Emma. Because he knows that her dad would have a major disaster if he tried to move Emma. And it would maybe really hurt him physically because it would be too much. And so he moves in with Emma and Emma's dad into their estate just until, you know, um, Emma's dad's an older person, so he, he's not going to probably be around their entire married life. And when that t- changes, they will move back to his normal home. But the thing that I liked about it was it was about the entire family and how they came together and tried to make, you know, everything good as a cohesive whole. 
And there is this hilarious scene, which the reason that um, Mr. Knight was able to marry Emma so quickly was there were chicken thieves. And his presence would keep the chicken thieves at bay. And I think that was really cool. I mean, this Emma is really good. Also, the musical score is by Martin Phipps. And I'm just going to give a little shout out to Martin Phipps. I actually have tried to get in touch with him because I really, really, really want his piano music. Martin, if you ever happen to hear this podcast, please send me a message with the music. I'd really, really like to be able to play it. I'm just saying. Or even violin music. I don't care. I can retranscribe it. Piano or violin, whatever. I mean, you know, I really, I really like the music. But anyway, Martin Phipps is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant musician. And I think he did this one. He also did the Sense and Sensibility that was done by John, by John Andrew Davies. I'm sorry, Andrew Davies. He also did the Persuasion that was done by Andrew Davies. I think he did all three of these, okay? I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So anyway, he's brilliant. His music is just, I don't know, it goes to your core and makes you feel happy and joy and laughter and also consideration when, you know, there's things going on in the series. It, he just has a way that a lot of people don't have. A lot, I don't know, a lot of American audiences might not be familiar with his work. He's also the godson of Benjamin Britten, who was a very famous composer um, for he also um, Benjamin Britten was known for his children um, musical pieces, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, not really into classical music. Did um, violin for over twelve years, Suzuki Method. So do know a bit about that. But I'm just saying, the thing I really liked about this was also the musical part of it because the music for this um, drama series was really, really good and integrated really well into the entire production. So I think overall, this Emma, I would give a 10. Again, this Emma is like, I don't know, Emma is, I think, my least favorite of Jane Austen's um, works, mainly because, you know, it's like I think Jane Austen herself actually said, you know, Emma is pretty redeemable up until the point of when she does the things she does to Miss Bates at the picnic. And at that point, you're going, Emma, that was really, really terrible what you did to Miss Bates. I mean, nobody really likes Miss Bates. Okay, I'll be the first to admit, she's not really the most, you know, the kind of person you want to have tea with. But also, she's the kind of person I think you should have tea with because people like Miss Bates need to be remembered and they need to be recognized. And one of my favorite spinoffs of um, Emma is the Mr. Knightley's Diary by, um, you can Google it. It's a very popular work. It's a spinoff. But anyway, the reason I like Mr. Knightley's Diary is because, number one, it gives the entire story from Mr. Knightley's perspective, which is utterly interesting. And number two, Miss Bates actually ends up marrying a gentleman who buys a house that she always liked in her childhood and who loves to come home and have her tell him all the news of the day. And, you know, I think that really was a cool way to conclude Miss Bates because, or maybe continue her story, because Miss Bates is someone who really did need someone to legitimize her being there because she really didn't have that. And that made it difficult for her to move on in life, to be well, to be healthy, to be... And Emma really was just a scoundrel to do what she did at the picnic. I mean, everything else you can kind of forgive and leave up to youth and idiocy. But the other thing she did at the picnic was really, really 
utterly depravinous. I mean, really, there's no other term for it. So that, you know, that's why Emma is not one of my favorite characters in Jane Austen. Um, again, you know, it's just I still like watching this production because I love how the families come together. The acting is absolutely brilliant. I mean, British actors, no offense, North American actors really don't touch him usually. There are a few exceptions. The Picard series I just watched had brilliant acting and there were North American actors in that. But I'm just saying British actors are par above. They really put their took into it. Um, the period outfits are perfect. Um, the dances are pretty beautiful too. I'm not really into dancing, but there's one dance where they um, anyway, I think it's called Ginny's Wheel, Reel or something, and that music is really cool, and the dance for it is very interesting. The other thing I think is interesting is it shows the period dances, and there were some Scottish dances which were quite quite energetic, which you're thinking of these British people without much, as they say in the BBC um, preview for BBC, that, you know, they've they've knocked their emotions down for years and years, which is the perfect recipe for drama. But, you know, it's funny to see all these British people who are normally so, you know, polite and precise and quiet, and then they're doing these very energetic reels. But anyway, I would give this up. This series, you could watch it with the entire family. There is nothing that would be inappropriate for any age group, which is another reason I really like Jane Austen. Um... So it does follow the storyline of the actual original book that is the classic by Jane pretty perfectly. Um, just really well done. Andrew Davies, for those of you who don't know his work, he has done multiple work. He's mainly known for Mrs. Uh, Bridget Jones' Diary, which I've never even seen. I, again, don't watch a lot of North American films. But um, he was actually a college professor before he started to do um, film adaptations. And I think that is one of the reasons that he does such a good job when he takes works from the classics and transforms them to the screen um, is because of his knowledge that he had being a professor at college. So anyway, just a little addendum there, but I definitely give this one a watch if you haven't seen it. It is, again, about 10 years old, I'm guessing, maybe a little more, but it is still timeless in its quality, and the acting is superb, the costumes are great, the settings are amazing. I mean, everything about this movie is like a 10. Again, don't really like the character of Emma all that much because she did do that one really really rotten thing to Miss Bates but you know we all do rotten things and I think the thing about this is you know Emma does turn it around she does try to make things right with Miss Bates now in my opinion she should have done a little bit more groveling but okay this is British gentry and they're not going to grovel in front of someone they consider less than them I mean let's just be honest here and real so I mean at the time period she probably did the best that she possibly could have but I still think she should have done more and maybe it's just the Midwestern American in me. But I'm just saying, I still really like this show. It really is good. If you haven't watched it, please check it out. And with that, on and out. Check it at the round table. Bye.